Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week I'm joined by Ham. Yo. And PM. I'm, I made it back from Sydney just just in time. And uh, Birdie and Forty aren't here tonight. Much like the Parramatta Eels, there's only three out of five putting in. <laughs> turning up. <laughs> three out of five turning up. Um, so let's just kick off with a review of the first grade Eels for... Uh, Knights 30, Hoffman with the one try. Um, yeah, just embarrassing, I think. I think Gutherson th- summed it up pretty well. Yeah. Don't really want to talk about it, to be honest. I thought we would go in and, you know, have a win, you know, against the sort of depleted Knights. And then, yeah, just didn't have the effort of, the, of they did like they had against Brisbane. So, disappointing. What makes it more disappointing is that the week before, Newcastle completely gave up against the Sharks, and this is a Newcastle team coming off the back of uh, three wooden spoons in a row. Um, uh, obviously, they've been a lot better this year, but they still had some really young players in that team. They were missing their best middle forward, um, but they had it all over our middle forwards, especially Matangi. Um, he was uh, rubbish again. Um, and we were just beating around the middle of the park where we thought our uh, middle forward should uh, be able to, to get one over the top of them. Um, I'll let you jump in there, 40 uh, PM, sorry. It just sort of shows that how bad our attack has been all season. The Knights had 48 points scored against them at home the week before, and Cronulla just ran rampant over them. We didn't even look like scoring until we got that one late in the game. Um, it looked pr- not too bad when Mitchell Moses was on there, but once he went off, the whole body language of the whole team changed. You see their, their, their shoulders dropped, and they thought, oh, we're no hope now. We haven't got Mitch here. What are we going to do? They're looking at each other instead of actually going up there and doing the job themselves. There's one thing. I hadn't been to a game live for a couple of years, and my wife doesn't even watch it on TV, but she was sitting there next to me, and she, she does bodybuilding, so she knows about the training and all that sort of stuff and body shapes, and she said to me that... Parramatta look like they are fast and agile, got stamina, but no strength. Where the Knights look like they've got speed and strength. And if you look at the game, every tackle and every ruck will dominate it. Our play of the balls were ridiculously slow, so we had no chance to get anything going on. The Knights' defence was back to 10 metres, ready to roll. When we tackled the Knights, they got up fairly quickly. They wrestled their way out quickly. And most of the time, the dummy half was picking the ball up for Newcastle, Danny Levi. And our defence, some of the guys were still getting back the 10 metres. They weren't back the 10 metres yet. It's these little things here that have been costing us all season. And it hasn't improved. I don't know how we improve it. I know we've got a lot of injuries, but it's just the fundamentals of rugby league and they're just not happening. It's, it's extremely frustrating. It's even more frustrating when you drive six hours to see them live and that's the sort of performance they get. Yeah, there were blokes out there trying, and there were some out there who looked like they didn't want to be there. It's very frustrating. I don't know where I don't know where it's going to go from here, to be honest, for the rest of the season. Yeah, and sorry, just to touch on that from you, PM. Sorry, you're, you're cutting out a little bit there, but that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, crowd attendance down at seven thousand ish. Fans are voting with their feet now. They've had enough. Um, and then, um, as you're talking about those effort areas, our kick chase again, disgusting. And then even when we got the ball back, um, you know, up to tackle three or four before our forwards were getting back behind the ruck, um, you know, just no effort, completely lacked. And 
obviously things went against us. French out in the first five minutes, and then Moses with that uh, knee injury in the first 20, 25-ish minutes. Um, we were down to, to lucky to have 13 on at the end of the, the day when um, Hoffman had to go to fullback and Will Smith came off uh, with a hamstring strain um, and also Terrapo grabbing a head knock. Um, but again, just not good enough. As B.O. said in the presser, uh, injuries galvanised us in the last year or two. And this year, um, it's just uh, taken as a reason for an easy out for, for some of the boys in this team. And I don't like picking players out, but Michael Jennings, um, yeah, that's three sin biddings this year. Um, it's not good enough for somebody who's meant to be uh, ex-Origin international player um, and who really should be a leader of this team. Um he should be uh, ashamed with some of his efforts this year. Compared to last the, um, year, yeah, he's been woeful compared to last year, hasn't he? Really? Yeah, it's been a massive drop off. I was just about to say, yeah, and it's just like, and then you compare him to his brother George Jennings, you know, come out of nowhere from um, reserve grade, and it's just you know, just playing solid every single week, just you know, making over hundred meters for us, making sure he gets tough runs. He's actually played really well, George. And um, I think another one that deserves credit, uh, Daniel Alvaro. Um, yeah. Ran, f- ran for 140 metres, made 57 tackles. And, you know, he doesn't he doesn't get the plaudits um, in the media or from a lot of fans that he, that he should get. But, um, you know, I think his stats this year are close to uh, Jake Travojevic, who everyone's hailing as a hero. And then you've got Dan- Danny Alvaro um, putting up similar numbers and gets nothing. So, yeah, good on uh, the big polar bear. Yeah, on NRL.com, he's, uh, he had 17 hit-ups, 172 metres, three tackle breaks, two offloads, and 58 tackles. Um, so, yeah, obviously there's a little distinctions between whichever stat keeper you, you're saying, but still 140-plus metres, huge effort from, from uh, Dan Alvaro, who's only, is he 22 or 23? Um, 24, I think he started. He, didn't, he um, had a year and a little bit in reserve grade, so I don't think he debuted until late. Uh, 25 this year. 25. Yeah, well, he's coming along well, and that's usually when um, middle forwards start to hit their straps. Um, and, you know, we bought somebody like Kane Evans, who's meant to be a bit more of a you know big body and, and, and rangy sort of forward. Um, but Alvaro is another one of those workhorses, just putting in the, the metres, doing the effort, and obviously played extra minutes this week with um, the, the head knocks and the, uh, the bench rotation being completely limited with with the injuries. How many, did he? I feel like he didn't go off. I don't, I don't remember him going off. Did he play the 80 minutes? Oh, I think he had a, I think he had a spell late in the first half from memory. Yeah, from NRL.com, he didn't play the full 80. It was about, it was 60-ish, a uh, bit over 60-ish minutes. Yeah, six, 63 they've got him on NRL.com, yeah. That's, yeah, no, good good effort from the from the big man to um make do as much work as he did in that amount of time. And Dave, Dave Gower probably deserves a bit of a rap too. Dave Gower probably deserves a bit of a rap too. I think he, he had bandages all over his head, but he got through 55 minutes, 12 hit-ups for 115 metres and 35 tackles. With no missed tackle, so give him a bit of a rap too. The old stager, he's um, he went really hard, and Tepoy as well. I thought um, until that shoulder charge, he he's racked up 15 hit ups for 144 meters himself and 43 tackles. So there is some blokes there who are definitely having the dig, and you've only got to look at the stats to see that. Um, unfortunately, we lost French so early, but you can't say the whole team's not trying because they are, and some people maybe are just trying too hard to get it, get ourselves out of this rut and they seem to be playing individually instead of as a team. 
that's you know, and that's that's probably the nicest thing, nicest way of putting it. I think, to be honest. I think there were some players that weren't putting in the the right amount of effort on on Saturday night, and um, yeah, um, fans are voting with their feet now that they've had enough, and it's caused a couple of things that we'll touch on in the news. Um, Ham, did you have any other points? Um, yeah, just going back a bit, you said Newcastle have um, won three spins in a row. Their fans are pretty pretty bloody chirpy for a team that's you know just come off three wooden spoons. I heard a few few comments from the Knights, and you can't really say anything because your team's just lost thirty to six to them. But yeah, just you know, when when we come off two wooden spoons, I, I'd like to think that um, we weren't as chirpy. But I don't know every Paramount supporter, but I guess it happens everywhere. Uh, there were a couple that were chirpy after the Tigers win, and we were sitting at two and six. So <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> every fan base has its uh, uh, morons. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's run. There's no positive news this week. Uh, sorry to, to to let that home. Uh, three losses in all <laughs> three games. <laughs> Um, ISP, Wenty, 6, Warriors, 36, Tri-Scorer, Oregon, Kafusi. Oh, there's a positive, Oregon. Um, he, he played yeah. like a beast. Um, but also to come out of this match was, of course, the nasty uh, allegation of a racial slur by Kane Evans, which we'll touch on in the news. Um, the the standouts in this uh, sort of game were probably Salmon when he came into the halves. Uh, Oregon Kafusi and Reed Marnie, all players that you see as development players as opposed to, to Wenty um, contracted players. Yeah, um, at the game I thought Oregon, you know, he seemed to get a lot of touches, a lot of metres, a lot of tackles. Look at his stats, he only made uh, 70 metres, just under 70 metres, 24 tackles. I thought, you know, whoever's keeping stats there, I'd, I'd like to check that one again because I thought he had a really good game. Um, Ray Stone was another one I thought um, stood up and tried to do his best he always uh, leads by example I guess that's why he's captain of the reserve grade team he's, always, he's probably going to spend the rest of the year there um, yeah just just smashing heads again oh, good from Stoney um, thought Marnie uh, he likes he gets a bit of white line fever he just, there was a couple of times there where he dived over and it was just like oh come on Reed. Now you got to get out to your halves, but when they're Arana Tomata and Peaky Rogers, maybe it is best to get to the line. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Did you were you at the game, PM? Yeah, I was. I was. I was eating and I was watching on the TV no. inside there. Um, nearly every time I looked up, the Warriors were make, either making a break or scoring a try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, exactly the defense was, was. Yeah, the defense wasn't that good. It, and I thought surely it can only get better than this, but first grade wasn't much better. Yeah, it just didn't seem to be much... Co- it looked look like Wentworth or some of their blokes maybe haven't played a lot of football together. They look like they lacked a bit of cohesion. Would that be about right here with a lot of them blokes not... Have they played a lot of football together? Um, you know, it's it's usually a, a fairly... Um, once the top grade drops back, you know, your Magnus Stromquist is always there, Matt Woods is always there, uh, your Len Gordon is usually there, um, Peaky Rogers is always there, Tomatoes is always there. Uh, but... Being park footballs, I don't think they get much money, so there's not much training mm, um, okay. that happens unless they go during the week. But again, with them, I don't really know about their training regimen. So um, yeah, it's just sort of they get together on game day or maybe a captain's run the day before, and that'd be the only training they might get uh, during the week as a team. So yeah, absolutely, there's you know little little cohesion, and that's why I'm a big fan of um, increasing squad sizes from thirty to forty. I think that'd uh, make reserve grade a much more enjoyable spectacle than this game was. Well, all across ISP, if you're watching much of it, it's um, 
Uh, you can see an obvious drop-off between first grade and ISP. Um, and, and also in the, um, well, possibly even more so in the Queensland um, uh, competition as well. Yeah. All right, well, let's jump on to the flag. Uh, another disappointing result. Half-time score of 16-10, but the Eels go and lose 16-32 to against the Warriors. Uh, try scorers Dunstar, Carling and Auckland and Knockoff. I don't know if I've pronounced that right. I apologise if I butchered it. <laughs> um, did you guys manage to get to this before um, ISP? Yeah, I was out there. And what were your thoughts, Ham? Started off really well. We scored on the first set. <laughs> it was actually really exciting. Um, we charged him up the middle. looked really good. And then um, Sapienza sort of put in a wobbly sort of kick. The Warriors winger, I think it was, just sort of misjudged it, went straight past him, and Hayes picked it up and scored. It was... No, great, um, great opening try, but I think a lack of uh, halves. Um, you know, Jaden Field and Todd Sapienza, they are, not, uh, I think they're fifth and sixth halves that we've used this season. So, um, yeah, not not ideal there. Um, Aiden Carling, he's, you know, he tries hard, um, does his job well, but you know, he's no uh, Reed Marnie there. Um, but yeah, this one, I think it was just in the second half, there was about three or four sets in a row where we just dropped the ball, and um, yeah, they didn't <laughs> they didn't look good at all uh, in the second half. The first half, they looked they looked sharp. I'm um, not sure what it was, actually, that sort of set them off, but there was just some drop ball, which allowed the Warriors to get back in, and they scored some uh, late tries there. I think there was about three tries in the end there, about 10 minutes from full time, which made it look worse than it actually was. And it should be noted that these um, under-20s games are usually built on sort of momentum and it's, it's it's very patchy. As soon as one team gets over the top of the other, uh, it's pretty hard to arrest back that momentum if the other team starts to complete sets. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I, think, I think he, he must have had an injury last week, but Michael Tupo um, come back strong when he was on the field and making a lot of metres. Um, you know, he looks really good in attack. He's a big body. I think he used to be a winger. So, you know, he's got he's got that speed and I'd like to see him um, possibly move up to ISP. I know he missed all of last year with a knee injury. Uh, so, yeah, but he had, he had a good game um, returning if he had a, an injury last week. All right. Now, did we just want to touch on... I've just got the stat sheet up here for Eels Knights. Um, I'll just run through a couple of the stats just before we get into the news. Um, at halftime, the, the percentage was 60-40 in favour of Newcastle. Newcastle had an extra six minutes in our... Uh, in possession. Um, we completed 84% this week, so um, our completion rate wasn't bad, but we just did nothing with the football because the majority of time we spent in our own half. Um, I'd, I don't have a breakdown of time in opposition half, but I, I expect of our um, 25 minutes, uh, 26 minutes with the ball, maybe two minutes of it was in Newcastle's half. Um, yeah, all runs 174 to 193. Uh, they outgained us by 300 metres. Uh, Two to four line breaks in favour of Newcastle. Twenty-eight to twenty-one tackle breaks in favour of Newcastle, and then uh, sorry, ten offloads to seven in our favour. Um, and then, if you're looking at uh, kicks, they outgained us by about forty metres, and they forced one drop out. And we just couldn't uh, defuse kicks, as seen by um, Mitch Moses. Um, I've, I've got a query on that one, and I'm not saying that there, there was an incorrect call, um, but if a defender goes up to make a play um, and somebody jumps over his back, 
in some other circumstances, could that be seen as um, taking the the catcher out? Because it that that ball didn't bounce. I'm not suggesting it was an incorrect call, but I'm just saying that um, called something different in in other games. Yeah, I just think there's too much inconsistency across the board. Don't really know what's what the referee's going to call nowadays, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I know what you mean. In live, I was sure it came off the Newcastle player coming through. Because we I was sitting pretty much in line with that, and I thought, oh, that's touched Newcastle. That'll be right. They'll, they'll send it upstairs and turn it over. And then when you see the replay, it's all it's just hit Mitch on the shoulder pretty much. And he was facing his own goal line, but maybe it probably wasn't Mitch's to take. It should have been whoever was at fullback at the time, which I think might have been Will Smith. He should have been coming forward trying to take that, not Mitch trying to go backwards. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> and also on the other side of things, and I'm not whinging because obviously it didn't lose us the game, but the Danny Levi pass for that... <laughs> that Second last oh, try or whatever it yeah. was. If, if you say um, our try, that pass from Norman to French the week before was forward, far out. How much forward can you get? That was so far <laughs> forward that it should have been Simbind. That one that was not a professional foul. <laughs> um, but again, ten errors, just not good enough. Uh, we we won the penalty count again, seven to ten. Um, but again, as soon as things didn't go our way, heads went down, and um, just not good enough. Um, yeah. yeah, it was body language. You can see that the first half. Yeah, that first try was scored against us. Then, then, I, then when uh, Mitch went down injured, they dropped their shoulders. And then again, when um, Jenko went to the bin, just, the body language was disgusting. Like The Knights would have looked up and saw us and said, you ripper, we're going to go for the kill. Because we just looked like we just didn't want to be there. And I have to say, it was frustrating. And, and so I, I was about 10 beers deep at that time. So uh, I, was, I was watching it through beer goggles. <laughs> um, but Mitch Moses go down and then Newcastle get two really cheap penalties. Um, I thought the flow of the yeah, game before that yep. was just very back and forth. And the ruck was really quick. And I didn't think we were deliberately slowing down or hands on the ball. But then Newcastle get these two cheap penalties. And um, then they have attacking set on our line. They run an obvious obstruction. Um, and then oh, they yeah. uh, get tackled and then off the play after that where we've still got players all over the place from the obstruction run, they score a try back through the ruck. <laughs> you just got to wonder, yeah. um, you know, maybe I was seeing things, yeah. uh, I was seeing double out there. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was the, the mindset after Mitch went off, as I said, when you see everybody, they sort of dropped their shoulders and that probably contributed to them giving away two cheap, lazy penalties and got Knights out of their own half. It's all the... It's all the mental aspect of the game, which is the part of the game we're not icing at the moment. Like, as soon as something goes against us, we just all crumble, and that's that happened back in you know 2013 and 14. That's exactly how we were, and it seems like some of these guys have gone back to that. And some of these, some of the guys that are there now weren't even here then. But it just reminds me so much of 2013. Just you know, every time something, every time we get a penalty against us, either somebody wants to argue with the referee, or they all drop their shoulders and say, "Oh well." They're they're against us, so we've got no chance. Instead of actually knuckling down like we did in 2016 and 17, and getting on with the game and trying to get back on top. And you're right. And oftentimes from that, we would force errors from our opposition from our defence. And um, obviously, we just haven't done any of that this year. It's just it's, well, it's pathetic yeah. at times. Yeah, it's just There's no line speeds. All right. Well, let's move on to the news. <laughs> Not much more positive. Uh, Norman, we didn't touch on that last week because we recorded on Tuesday and then it came out on the Wednesday. Uh, 
you could say he might have been dropped last week, although it was shoulders and ankle injury. Um, not quite sure which way. Um, anyway, he went to the rehab group and was caught out by his own self, um, posting on Insta late at night uh, on the slappers, having a couple of beers. Uh, again, uh, just reiterates everything that's wrong at the moment with, with players like uh, Kenny Edwards uh, not informing the club, Corey Norman not taking his rehabs seriously. Uh, these were two leaders of our club last year, and it's just so far gone um, what, what should be expected of them and what they're delivering is just wrong. Dumb. Mm. Yeah, yeah. dumb. That's all it is. Like, you know, if you're going to... It's already dumb going out on the drink when you know you've got to rehab and you've got to do your ricer and all that sort of stuff. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, why post on social media? <laughs> like, gee, bloody hell! Well, oh, I think yeah. we've all what seen the video. <laughs> he doesn't think, does yeah. he? <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, that's true. What that's a what true. a world we live in, eh? What a world we live in. But I say, I suppose there's probably some superstars from the from the 80s and early 90s who probably did plenty of stuff similar. But because of the lack of cameras in phones and, and you couldn't post stuff everywhere on the World Wide Web like you can nowadays, nobody knows about it. Yeah, that's but, true. And most but of the now, time when you're winning, uh, these things go yeah. under a rug. But, um, of course, yeah. when, when you're losing, everything's under the microscope. So, um, And that's exactly why yeah, the, the pressure seems to be then put back on Brad Arthur by se- certain sections of the media saying that he's lost the dressing room and it's a club culture thing. And all, and it's it's one or two little things you see here and there. It's not like every player is out there sharing this stuff on social media and doing the wrong thing and 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 acting up and that. It's like one or two isolated incidents. And as you yeah. said, if the team was winning, they would that wouldn't even get looked at. They would just get laughed about. Um. All right. So on the back of a two and eleven start after uh, preseason, analyst experts fans had us looking at another top four berth. Um. Eels have come in early to a point, uh, possibly Madge McGuire, for, uh, to head an internal review into the footballing department. Uh, if you didn't already know, we don't have a head of football. Uh, it's sort of shared between Bernie Gurr and BA. Most clubs have a head of football to sort of uh, deal with the recruitment and all those sorts of issues. Um, and looking at back at all that, I think when, when looking at things that have gone wrong this year, I think BA is trusted too much in players that have done a job for him in the past and I think that that, that might be his one major flaw um, if you see when he came to the club he brought over Kieran Foran and Watmo did a job for him back at Manly and of course they those two fell apart pretty quickly and then in this year he's trusted in Kenny, he's trusted in Norman, he's trusted in Michael Jennings, um, trusted in Vave and Matangi and they've, they've all come up short to a degree um, so uh, internal review is a good thing hopefully. Yeah um I think, you know, look, externally looking at it, and I just, I did a little, I was bored today at home, I've had a, had a few sickies, so I've nothing to do, um, and look, um, you know, if we're spending money on this internal review, why didn't we, why didn't we spend money on a defensive coach, why didn't we spend money on a contact and uh, wrestling coach, um, you know, we've had all these cost cuttings from uh, Max Donnelly, or whoever's in, you know, whoever's in charge of spending and all that, um, or whoever's fault it is, but like th- these positions, especially um, the defensive part, was known to not be replaced. You know, we didn't replace until Kid will come along. What a month ago was it? Yeah, that's right. Just before the Tigers yeah, game. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, why, why, why wasn't that sort of, you know, if, if I, 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 an internal, uh, I, don't, I don't understand it because I think it's very obvious what is wrong at, at, at the club. I, I, there's a few other things that I think are obvious um, that I won't necessarily state at this time because, you know, I, I don't know everything. I don't know anything really. I'm just, I'm just talking, I'm just gibbering here. Um, yeah, I think we need to spend money. The, the top clubs spend money. The top clubs have a performance centre. We don't really have a performance centre. We have two footy fields and a couple of demountables. We need to spend money. If we want the football team to be playing well and to perform at its peak, we need to spend the money. That's simple as that. Yeah, well, it's really crazy that in today's game where, the, where winning the ruck dominates who controls the game, that we let our tackle wrestle coach, who's probably the best in the game, in uh, Bumper Farrell, he left us, and we didn't replace him. I mean, what's what's the go there? So you just let him go, just to save a few bucks, and what do you expect Brad to jump on the ground and, and show him how to do the wrestling? Like, Brad's the head yeah, coach. Exactly. You know, he's got to have blokes around him who he can trust, who can do certain areas that he's not... Like, if he was the expert at the wrestling, well, he, would, he wouldn't need a wrestling coach, would you? This is the whole thing. It does not make any sense, and it's it's a clear sign of an accountant running the show. All they look at is dollars and cents. They don't look at the big picture. That's another subject I'll get on another podcast. I think we'll have to start a, a, a business podcast later on to, so I can have a really good whinge about accountants and how they try and change businesses, and it actually makes it worse for the consumer and worse for the business because you hold less stock, and then you can't you get an influx of people wanting a product, and you don't have it because the, the accountant told you not to have too much in stock. <laughs> no, it's just accountants, they do my head in. Yeah, and you're not wrong. And it just it, it comes from decades of mismanagement of the leagues club. And, of course, Max Donnelly's had to come in and put the brakes on all that after the, the 2016 saga. Um, and one of the things that he's doing a job for the leagues club, which, of course, does give money to the, um, the football department. Um, but um, brakes have been put on that to sort of uh, swing... Uh, operations at the Leeds Club back into the the green instead of being in the red um, for a couple of million dollars. Um, And things will turn around. Um, I think you need to continue to give Max Donnelly time and things will turn. Um, You can't turn around these things in in 12 months or 18 months. It takes um, generational change. Um, And, of course, having the new uh, stadium next year, the parking lot attached to the Leeds Club, you'll be seeing lots of cash come back into the club at that point. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where you've just got to be a bit patient and I know everybody's patience has run out, but <laughs> um, this is how you get back to um, to actually being a successful club rather than being um, what we have been for the last decade. Oh yeah, for sure we need to be patient about it. And um, you know, I, this this might be news, might be news really. I, I received a, a letter in the mail the other day about uh, the Leagues Club. Um, AGM. AGM, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, it just seems like, you know, Max, he obviously doesn't want to be here because, you know, he's, he's got other jobs, an easier job that he can do because, you know, with all of our old dinosaurs in Fitzgerald and whatever, just want to hang around the club and they want to run the club, whereas Max, he obviously doesn't want to run the club, he's obviously got another job he wants to do, which is fair enough, like, I wouldn't want to be in charge of Parramatta, that's for sure, it's hard enough being a fan, imagine being in charge, bloody hell, um... Yeah, so obviously he wants to. He doesn't want to stick around for too long. He, I think he's. I think we all saw that in um, the relaxation of some of the um, laws he wants to change. And obviously, it does take time. But I think you know it might take a longer time for some people to 
step away from the club. I think that's what we need rather than people trying to step into the club. Oh, well, every time we've tried to get a new board in, it's been someone who's had an axe to grind against somebody else or somebody who wants control or something to, to do something else. It's never actually been, even though I'll tell you that before the election, for the betterment of the club as a whole. And the whole time I've been following them, well, I will say this though, the Alan Overton-led board that was right through until I think the early 2000s, around, I went about 2000, well, in 2008, 2009, somewhere around there, Alan Overton was the, the chairman for a long time. That board got things done. And the club was running smoothly and nobody talked about the board. It's only been since Alan Overton was, you know, he didn't get enough votes to secure his, his spot the next time and a few of the guys who were with him didn't either. And we had a change, a, a, a rather large change over in board members. Since then, it's been nothing but a shit fight, basically. And that's the ones who are suffering the most are the members and the fans. And it's something needs to be done about it. And Max has tried his best. But the only way he'll get away, I think, from doing what he's doing here now is to to change and get a board in. And it's going to have to be some of these old blokes again. And we're going to go through the same crap over and over and over. I don't know what to do. What do we do? Do we get a private investor to come and buy it? Well, that's it. Well, the mem- that's, that's the thing. They've got to have it at a time when all the members can get there too. Yeah, is the other problem as well. You know, not have one day to vote. Maybe vote over the space of a week. So you can just drop in and do your vote on Tuesday night on your way home from work. Or if you can't get there till Saturday after sport, you can do it on Saturday. This having this just one one block of about five hours to vote is ridiculous. Um, just on that, so uh, the next uh, general meeting for the Leagues Club will be on the 21st. Um, so the Parramatta Leagues Club draft constitution will be available on the on um, Para Leagues website from the 8th of June. Um, so coming up this uh, what's today Tuesday this Friday, um, and it'll outline all the proposed and amended changes. So we'll just have to wait to get that draft proposal to see what's in there. Um, but hopefully it hasn't been relaxed too much, or otherwise uh, we could be up shit creek again um, pretty soon. Um, next bit of news: Kane Evans uh, alleged racial slur. Um, he was alleged, alleged to give a racial slur to an opposition uh, Warriors player. It's not known what was said. Um, it was four minutes to, before full time. Um, uh, apparently, when Evans had the ball dislodged in a tackle, uh, tempers boiled over, and um, it's now been passed on to New South Wales Rugby League, um, who's compiling a report, and if it's deemed to be a case of racial vilification, it would be referred to the Human Rights Commission. So if it's found that he has said what's alleged to be said, um, you know, I hope he gets a pretty harsh penalty, because um, it's just not on. No, it's... Again, like, Corey Norman's just dumb. You don't need that in the game. Like, you know, yes, it's it's stupid. If he has done it, I hope he does get a harsh penalty. And, you know, um, I hate to sound like Aaron Mullen here. (laughs) You know, we do have to... um, Presumption of innocence. He's allowed that. He's allowed um, his his day in court, per se. Um, So, I won't say anymore. But it's just... If if it comes out as true, it's just stupid. Yeah, there's there's no place for it in the general public, let alone in sport, and if he's found guilty, um, he should suffer whatever consequences the club and the NRL seem fit. If it means tearing up his contract, well, that means tearing up his contract. It's, you know, it's just something we've got to stamp out, and there hasn't been much of it in the game for quite a number of years, so it's a, it's a real shame, and, and um, especially from a fellow who is, I think he's of a mixed race himself, isn't he? So He's Fijian, yeah. He's, he's, 
Yeah, he's yeah he's from he's not mixed. He's from Fiji. Yeah, he's from Fiji. He's not he's not an Australian guy. And I know in the past it always seems to be white Anglo-Saxons say something about somebody else of another <laughs> race. But but it just doesn't make any sense. And I know the game the game wasn't going their way, and he was really frustrated. But there's there's no there's never a right time to say call anybody a name of any description. That's just not no. right. It's just not on. And I'm sure he'll cop. I'm sure I'm sure he's apologetic about it and I'm sure he'll just cop it on the chin whatever he gets yeah just you know if someone's in your face you're not, you're not having a good time just tell them to nick off no need to yeah. no need to get racial about it 100% and the last thing uh, running into Origin tomorrow night which is Wednesday night I'll hopefully get this out before then uh, if not this game will already be played but uh, Origin obviously there's no uh, Eels players in the um, the big leagues, but in the under 18s, there's a couple of Eels players. Uh, kicks off at 5:15 p.m. tomorrow evening down in Melbourne. Um, we've tried to find out whether or not it's going to be um, streamed, but we've come up with nothing. There's no information about it on the NRL website. There's no information on New South Wales Rugby League. There's no information on Queensland Rugby League. To get the kickoff, Tom, I had to go to Ticketek to find out when it kicks off. So um, they certainly haven't pumped this up at all. Um, but at least, Ham, do you want to go through and just uh, a couple of the boys that have been named from the L squad? Yeah, um, so from our 18s this year, we had John Paul Nora. He's a fullback. Loves to, uh, loves to yell. He's a big boy. He actually um, got a nice pass on him too, but it'll be good to have him behind some um, the Newcastle halves are absolutely fantastic. Jock Madden and Phoenix Crossland. So, you know, if they get him early ball uh, close to the line, he probably could score a few. And speaking of big boys, big Stefano Utoi Kamanu. I uh, forgot he was actually playing this game. I was wondering why he was out of the 20s. But, no, they, have the, they also have the week off for Origin. Um, you know, he should be making a lot of metres right up the middle. Um, and then, obviously, Matthew, Matt Dury. Uh, he's now at Canterbury, but... Um, he was picked on on based on his efforts in our 18 squad this year, and unfortunately, uh, we would have had another player in Kyle Schneider, but he uh, dislocated his shoulder earlier in the year. So if there's a Penrith player in there, I think. No, it, sh- it should be a, a you know a fiery game as these young ones usually are. And there's you know a lot of talent in the New South Wales team, also a fair bit of talent uh, for those uh, fans further north. <laughs> um, you know, you have uh, Tanner Boyd. Uh, Corey Pakes, Ethan Bullimore, and David Fafita, I think. Oh, and Jordy Brand um, plays for the Roosters. Um, you know, fantastic players, very skillful. Uh, I know David Fafita, um, not not the uh, twin brother of Andrew, a uh, different David Fafita, um, has actually been named in the 21 for the Brisbane Broncos. Um, you know, he's only 18, so, you know, a lot of talent, a lot of, he's a big boy too. Um, so, yeah, it should be a, should be a good game. I, I thought, I'm more interested in the 18s I am the first grade really <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty sharp I saw them train on Saturday late Saturday afternoon and early Sunday morning because they were training just up from the hotel and they stayed in the Ibis great bunch of guys really quiet respectful sat around and listened to the coaches when they were talking to them and sitting in the hotel there they weren't filling around their phones like most folks their age do which is really good uh, very respectful guys um, the training was really sharp. Like those those halves you said from Newcastle, they were, had a set up for doing drop goals and they kept getting back. They started about the 30 metre line and worked their way back and there was one he kicked, I think it was enough, the, the little fella, he must be the halfback, I think he kicked it from about five metres the other side of halfway and it went through the post and it hadn't stopped its height. It was still rising and then hit the big back net that stops it from going out into the road. 
Uh, well, yeah, that's that's a lot of talent for a guy that young. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bedsy's their coach, isn't he? Um, no, just, Mark O'Mealy. There's, there's so much. There's no information oh, at all. Yeah, it's Mark yeah, O'Mealy. Mark O'Mealy's their coach. Oga. Oh, just one thing the touching Oga. on it. Uh, the New South Wales under-18s, they've had a bit of a dynasty over Queensland for the last, uh, I guess, about five years or so that this has sort of really been running properly. I don't know. Um, yes, yeah, you'd expect it to win. Yeah, it'd be nice if uh, yeah, the, the NRL and New South Wales Rugby League and whatever else wanted to and uh, get behind uh, this comp, but um, yeah. And the thing is, they usually do. There's usually, you know, they might have a little... Oh, here we go. Yeah, I might have found something. Breaking yeah. news. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nope, don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just another Queensland, um, everybody's tied from a bowler or something? <laughs> isn't a bowler too new, aren't they all, isn't it bird flu? Oh, I don't know what it is this year. Um, alright, um, let's run into the previews. In the Shield, Wenty in first position, taking on the Eagles in seventh, uh, 2.30pm, Ring Rose on Saturday the 9th of June. Um, then also in the Shield, the Guildford Owls in 6th position, taking on St Mary's in 3rd position at 4pm at St Mary's on the Saturday 9th of June as well. Um, so, I don't know if there's too much to look forward to there, um, but if you want to get down to those games, uh, then there's a big uh, uh, day out at Ringrose on the Sunday. Um, it all starts off with a flag, but at 1 o'clock in the Ron Massey Cup, went here in 3rd position, taking on the Wolves in 2nd position at 1pm. Uh, are you going to be down there at all, Ham? No, I'm, I'm a Parramatta supporter, so I'm a glutton for punishment. I'll actually be up camping um, in Lithgow this weekend where it's one degree. Okay, sounds sounds like fun. Wow. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> a lot of drinking and a nice big fire, so it should be warm. Okay, and the women's had a global buy last week when they had their competition on, which was the, um, the local sort of origin bash I think they had. Um, I wasn't entirely sure. That didn't get too much coverage either. Um, but this week, uh, Wentworthville have a buy, so they're picking up the two points. Uh, moving on to Flegg. Ringrose, 11 o'clock. Eels in fifth position. Take on the Sharks in first position on Sunday, June 10th. Um, we'll see if Forty can get down there and give us a live blog. Um, but the boys will have to be a lot better than they were last week against uh, uh, what was a struggling Warriors team coming into the, the, the round. Yeah, I think they actually... Um I heard that they moved a lot of their state cup players down into the twenties, um, for whatever reason. I really don't know, um, but yeah, it's just you know, a disappointing uh, second half. In particular, the first half was pretty good to be up sixteen ten um, against the Warriors team. You know, it's all right, it's always all right. But the Sharks, um, as you said, I think they're running. Yeah, they're coming first. So um, I, I honestly don't expect a win, not with uh, the halves. Nick Okladnikov and Sapienza. Um, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I think they'll, they'll lack, lack a bit of um, control and game management. Uh, no, no, nothing against those two, but they're just not the quality um, of Dylan Brown, Jamin Salmon or Joe Taipari. Yeah, well, I think that's shown when you've got Jamin Salmon being named on the extended bench. Um, so... Yeah, absolutely. Um, into ISP again, Sunday, Ring Rose at 3pm. Went here in ninth position, taking on Dragons in fourth position. Uh, if you you are a glutton for punishment, you can go and watch that game. <laughs> uh, Dragons with their uh, ISP team, they've got some big boys in the halves, and they've got that uh, young hooker, 
um, who's who's playing really well. Rob, Robson, is it Robinson or Robson? Uh, Reese yeah, Robson, yeah. yeah. Um, who's playing really well. So um, I expect probably went to go down in this match again as well, um, especially with uh, the announcement we're about to make for first grade. Yeah, and um, you know, St George have Luciano Leilua, who I think um, you know, when he played first, I think he's a big boy. I think he weighs about 130 kilos. So um, yeah, whoever's on the edge there will need to. Watch out for some of his runs. Then, um, for these gluttons of punishment, <laughs> you can watch the Eels again, um, <laughs> unless you've you've given them to turn the telly off. Um, first grade, Eels in last position, taking on Cowboys in 13th position, Saturday, June 9th at 7.30pm at TIO in Darwin. So it's a home game that we take up to Darwin every year with our uh, sponsorship of the Northern Territory. Um why are we taking the Cowboys game up to the Northern Territory? I have no idea, um, but it is what it is. Uh, broadcast on Fox at 7.30 and probably on some uh, local radio stations as well. Um, jump into some history of our uh, uh, between the two clubs. Now, NRL has two stats here on the amount of games played. So um, they've either played 36 games and the Eels have won 17, Cowboys 18 and one draw. Or we've played 38 games, Eels have won 19, Cowboys 18, and one draw. Um, NRL has both of those stats there. <laughs> I think I prefer the latter. <laughs> I think I prefer the latter. We'll take one. the latter. Um, we've played one game against the Cowboys at that venue, and that's one win, although we have a 75% winning uh, percentage at the venue. Meanwhile, the Cows have a 100% winning uh, percentage at the venue with three, uh, sorry, two from two wins there. We have three from four. Uh, last year we played the Cowboys three times. First at Cowboys home stadium, we beat them 26 to six, and then Cowboys came back and JT put it on clinic that night, 32 to six at TIO, and then of course at ANZ Stadium in finals week two, when the Cowboys caught fire in that final series, 24 to 16. Um, at the moment we're averaging 13.4 points a game, so two tries, a little over two tries. Cowboys 16.4 um, points a game. We're conceding 22.9, Cowboys 20.1. Cowboys come off the back of a win um, last week, whilst, of course, we've just touched on our Newcastle game. Um, don't know what to expect. <laughs> um, but let's get on to some positive news, which is the team list. Bevan French in the uh, fullback jersey. He should make it through the concussion protocol. Josh Hoffman and George Jennings on the wings. Jared Hayne makes a return at centre. And Michael Jennings, the other centre. And then in the halves, Clint Gutherson with the captain jersey. Uh, Corey Norman makes a return from that ankle injury slash uh, being held back last week, whatever you want to believe. In the prop rotation, Alvaro Petty Terrapo moves from lock to prop. Cam King starting nine. Manu Ma'u and Brad Takarangi shifts back to the second row. And Nathan Brown starting lock. He won't be coming off the bench, but a man who is coming off the bench and certainly deserves his uh, position in the 14 jersey. It's the cash man, Reed Marnie. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Cash money, fam. And cash thanks money. Thanks. Uh, shout out to Forty with the cash money. 
<laughs> yeah, he didn't think yeah. we'd plug him, but no, we're not. We don't dog the boys. <laughs> who? Who is it? Who is he? <laughs> and then also in the co-captain role, Tim Manor makes a return to first grade. Uh, it's nice to see David Gower still in the team, but it, I have to say it's good to see him not at starting uh, prop. Uh, <laughs> and that's no bang on Dave Gower, but um, yeah. Uh, if your starting prop is David Gower, things are going pretty well in your engine room. And uh, Marana Nair, Corey in the 17 jersey. Hopefully he'll get a couple more minutes this week uh, after having a fair few more last week uh, with injuries. And then on the extended bench, Sui Matangi dropped. Um, his effort last week was appalling. Um, CSI Vave, uh, Jamin Salmon and Ray Stone are also on the extended bench, but you'd expect them to drop off pretty quickly. Um, I don't see there being too much change. Um, and then onto the Cowboys, Michael Morgan in the one if he returns from origin. Kyle Felt, Anthony Winsterstein on the edges. O'Neill and Tuala, who had a really great game last week. You should watch out for him at centre. Uh, Tamare Martin, JT in the halves. Matthew Scott and Sam Horay in the starting props. Jake Granville in the nine. Gavin Cooper, Cohen Hess in the second row. And Jason Talmalolo locking it all out. And then on the interchange, uh, the toughest men in league, Sean Fensom. Kane Lynette, Corey Jensen, Ethan Lowe, and then in the reserves, Lachlan Coote, Ben Hampton, Mitchell Dunn, Javid Bowen, and they've got an extra man, which is Francis Molo. They could have named up to 23 with uh, Origin players um, in their squad, so they've only named 22. So we'll see what happens and uh, whether that reshuffles in the lead-up to the um, the match, given um, whether or not players will come back from uh, Origin. Um, now I'll just jump on to injuries. Uh, Mitch Moses, after what uh, I think we all saw, thought was an MCL at the ground, that was one of the most disturbing sort of uh, knee contusions I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, every, every, there was an audible oof from everyone in the, in the crowd, I think. Uh, will Smith with a hamstring injury. He limped off at the end of last game. Um, which saw Hoffman come to the fullback and score that try. Um, but Mitch Moses, Will Smith, both expected back round 16. Mitch Moses with bone bruising, apparently all it was. Um, Tep Maroa, uh, he's copied his suspension for that high shot, and deservedly so. Lucky he's only seeing three weeks out. Um, do you guys want to touch on the injustices of um, some of the uh, the decisions from the match review committee? Oh, no. This is inconsistent <laughs> as the rest, I think, aren't they? <laughs> Wait, it's it's, it's pointless. It's pointless complaining about it. They're not going to change it. <laughs> just on, um, you know, the we, sorry, this is going back a little while now, but the inconsistencies of the ref. Isn't the ref's boss uh, Michael Maguire? Why are we getting him to do an internal review if the refs are consistently inconsistent each week? Maybe, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit, bit to think about there. Yeah, well, it's, well we're it already shows consistent. Curse Scott gets two weeks for absolutely building the shit out of somebody's face. Um, but uh, and and I'd say it was careless and reckless. Um, high shot gets you three weeks at least. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much more to say. Um, but deservedly sitting out weeks, Tepai Moroa, That's just dumb from him, and his emotions got the better of him. And um, he hasn't had that in his game before. I think this might have been his second suspension all up. Um, but hopefully uh, we don't see any of that again because it, it doesn't deserve to be out there. Um, then we've still got Greg Lalesiwau with his thumb round 15 and Kayser expected back next week after that groin injury. And then on the uh, season injuries, which is Tony Williams and Bo Scott with the ACLs. All right, let's jump into it. Um, can we expect any bounce back factor? Are they going to pay for a bit of pride? At the moment, we're sort of playing to, to avoid the spoon. 
Um, what do you think, gents? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Paramount's going to... You know, I know, I sort of know what Paramount's going to turn up with. I think we'll lose um, only because uh, Cowboys won last week, so they'll sort of be on a roll. Um, I think if we won, we might have been on a bit of a roll and you know, it would have been a more even match. But, yeah, even with players coming back... Um, Yes, yeah, just yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the Cowboys hit a bit of form last week. That's what scares me. Like these these teams who have been struggling, either seen they hit the form patch in the first ten minutes against us or the week before. Um, yeah, I, I I can see. I just want to see an improved effort and attitude. And I think when you got a young bloke on the bench there like Rick Cash Money, thanks forty. When you got him on the bench there, you get a bit more enthusiasm and. The players need to show him what it's like to play NRL. If they go out there like they did last week, not switched on, it's you know the young bloke's not going to enjoy his time out there. And that's what they've got to do. They've got to, they've got a few young blokes coming through. I thought that um, Murata was really good last week. He got longer minutes. He looked good. His defence was good. And the rest of this team's got to look at the big picture and say, yeah, we're not. Maybe we're not happy with the way we, things are going at the moment and we just don't feel like going out and playing, but we have to. But look at the big picture and these young guys coming through. These are the, these guys look up to you and that's where they're going to learn their trade is off guys like you, like your Jenningses, like your Timmy Manners, like your Jared Haynes. They look up to these sort of guys and say, oh, now these have been first graders for a lot of years and that's what I want to be. And they just got to look at the big picture and go out there with the right attitude to show these young guys what the NRL is all about. And that's what we need this week. I don't care what the full-time score is, but I want to see effort and enthusiasm for 80 minutes. Nothing like last week. If I see something like last week, I'll be, I'll be switching off by halftime. And I, and I never turn the game off. I always, even even on Saturday, I stayed after full-time, so I went up to the members' bar, had a couple more drinks, and waited till they showed the press conference on the big screen until they said last drinks, and then I left. I'm, I'm the last one to go and turn the TV off or leave the room. So I want, if it's not if it's like last week, the frustration will boil over and I'll be switching off to Fox Sports at halftime. So I don't want that. I want the full game. I want to see enthusiasm and I want to see effort. And I want to see young Reid Marnie get some minutes and I want to see the enthusiasm that he has go around the rest of the squad. And you know what? If I don't see that, this week, of all weeks, after the embarrassment of last week, then Brad Arthur needs to go through his list of players who are off contract and tell them now they're not going to be re-signed and we're going to go to market because there's got to be... A, if they can't turn it around after being embarrassed like that, then obviously they don't want to play first grade and they don't want to wear the Parramatta jersey. And fingers crossed, no more injuries. Um, I think we've had enough this season. Uh and yeah, uh, hopefully a read money dummy half dart. We'll see him go over the line with his white line firmer. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just want to give a plug to Birdie. Uh, his preseason prediction was five debutants. At the moment, uh, just over halfway through the season, we're sitting at four. <laughs> I think we all laughed at him back yeah. then, but uh, there's a real possibility yeah. that if uh, any more of these uh, injuries <laughs> rack up, we could see Salmon or or um, or Ray Stone possibly getting a gig. Um, and also, yeah. um, Birdie's boy near Corey, um staying in the team in front of uh, Vave Matangi. I think that shows, um, you know, as much as 
some people don't think we are and as much as it doesn't feel like we are at times we are looking forward into next season and I, yeah I know Murata's not uh, signed or officially signed at the moment but I think that goes to show that um, you know BA is looking towards next season rather than having Vave and Matangi who really haven't done much this season yeah and that should be said that there's a fair few players off contract at the end of the year Dave Gowas Vave Matangi um, I could certainly see us really uh, shifting off a couple of these old, older sort of uh, prop middle forwards uh, in favour of bringing yeah, in some more. not performing. Um, because they did a job last year, but that's last year. This year, they've completely um, fallen well below expectation um, and probably played at a level that they did at other clubs previously. Um, and it just shows you in Vave, he's just that unfit. Um, he obviously doesn't really want to be in first grade. Um, that's what that shows me. Um, but unlike the Bulldogs, uh, we've got a chance for a roster to switch up pretty quick. Uh, there's a lot of cash left over, uh, a lot of players on one-year contracts. There's no money tied up, except with some of the bigger boys like um, like Gutherson and, and, and who you'd hope it to be uh, tied up with, so Gutherson and um, Mitch Moses. Um, but uh, Nathan Brown going to be the money um, next year yeah Paulo as well Junior um, but who I would like to see retained Penny Terrapo would have to come into there he's off contract um, I've, I've heard on um, on um, one of the other podcasts this week he got a, a, a huge rap um, from uh, oh gosh what's that one with the f- fifth and last fifth and last podcast yeah they were talking about other clubs should be circling him um, and I think they should uh, he'd be a great pick up Penny Terrapo um, and he sort of stepped up in those last couple of weeks playing at lock or playing at prop or playing wherever he was needed um, and sort of fixed... Well, he fixed up his hands last week, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there, there certainly needs to be change in the off-season and I think we'll shift on a fair few of these prop forwards. Uh, I think Michael Jennings at the moment, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's got another year contracted, um, but... Um, his job could be in jeopardy if, if the club sees Jamin Salmon's long-term future in it as a centre as opposed to a half. Uh, Corey Norman with his off-field uh, stuff, if he doesn't want to smarten up quick smart, um, he could be terminated by the club any more indiscretions. Um, that, of course, could see Jamin Salmon playing in a six role um, and Mitch Moses playing in the seven. If you think Clint Gutherson's long-time future is at full-back, which I think it is, I think at the moment he's playing in the halves because they want him on the ball more, but also because of his knee reconstruction. It's a huge surgery to come back from. Um, but there's plenty of room to, to, to shake up this roster over the off-season. Anything to say on that, boys? No, I agree. Well, yeah, if we're going to talk about uh, this, the roster, I think we've only officially got 17 players signed for next season, so there's definitely um, a, lo- a lot of money there that should be that can be used to um, either upgrade or bring in some players. Uh for the, for the for the squad next year, I think we'll have a fair few. Well, obviously Marnie, um, he's either been upgraded this year or will be upgraded next year. Uh, Salmon Stone, um, another one I'd like for us to keep is or two. Um, one played one has played first grade and played really well. George Jennings, uh, he's off contract next year. I think he's been a solid a solid um, player for us. And if if he continues and uh, sort of once he gets more experience you know maybe we could turn those 130 meter games into 160 meter games 170 meter games um, and but also one that's been playing pretty well um, in reserve grade uh, Dane Okafalau I think he's he started he finished off last year 
pretty poorly. Um, had some pretty poor defence in that 20s grand final that we lost on the bell. But this year he's really stepped up, um, really worked on his defence, making 100, 100 or so metres a game for Wenny, um, playing outside of Tomata or Salmon. It's, yeah, it's... Who is he playing outside? I can't even remember. Um, I think he's actually playing outside Tomata, so, you know, not getting the best ball to show off his athletic ability. But, you know, do, doing a good job to ruck the ball out for us. I'd like to see him um, promoted into the top 30, if possible, next year. Well, I'll just go through it. So, Tony Williams, Vave, Terrapo, uh, Stone, Scott, uh, Kayser, uh, King, uh, Jack Morris apparently is contracted uh, to the top, but we haven't seen him anywhere this year. <laughs> um, Murata. I don't think he's not in the top Okay, uh, Reid Marnie, um, Sui Matangi, uh, Cameron King, uh, Jared Hayne, David Gower, Nathan Davis... Kirasomi and Dana Kafalau going through that list. You'd be happy to see Kirasomi go on his way. Nathan Davis, he can go back to get a Wendy contract if he's top 30. Um, David Gower, maybe he goes around for one last time, but that'd predominantly be as a depth signing uh, playing in Wendy. Jared Hayne, possibly he gets one more uh, one year deal, um, but it'd be on reduced contract. If he, if he can play for the rest of the year, I wouldn't mind Hainsey. If he can play, if he doesn't get injured, you know, I wouldn't, you know, just another year. You know, keep building. I don't think it'll be as much as he did drop off from this year. It was unheard of for going from 1.2 million to 500,000. I think it'll be less next year um, if he does want to re-sign. Yeah, depending on how he can bounce back. Obviously, that change to NFL had a huge impact on his body, and he hasn't been the same since. Uh, George Jennings. Mm, yep. Um, I'd be willing to give him an extension at this point. Uh, Cam King. Big A doesn't seem to to want Cam King around and I think if you're running with uh, Kayser and um, Reid Marnie next year he probably falls out of that squad or becomes Wenty uh, affiliated unless he can find another club uh, Reid Marnie obviously giving him a contract so Matane can go elsewhere uh, Jack Morris if he is top 30 he can go elsewhere uh, Murata probably gets a small extension um, for next year and Kayser you'd have him back I, I think Kayser's um, best football comes from the bench um, I've always seen him as a sort of bench hooker as opposed to a, a starting 80 minute hooker um, Bo Scott, I think he probably goes on as a coaching role or, or off somewhere else, Ray Stone <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets uh, an upgrade for next year, Penny Terrapo an upgrade, Vave can go away and it's up to Tony Williams if there's any spots left. Yeah Tony probably showed enough to get another contract I think yeah, for similar money than what he's on now and, and as you say with Jared, if if he if he finishes the back end of the season pretty well and injury free, and you know is happy to take similar sort of money to what he has now, I can't see any reason why you wouldn't sign those two. Um, there's been a bit of comments to and fro on social media saying that we're sitting on our hands as it regards to recruitment with so many players off contract next year. Look, as BA said plenty of times, we don't talk about recruitment in the public in the public domain or in the media. So. Don't worry, guys, there's stuff going on that we don't know about, and when the time's right, we'll find out about it. But to go on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or whatever, and have a whinge and say that the club's sitting on their hands and BA doesn't know what he's doing and all that, that's that's totally wrong. You've got no, you've got no idea what happens behind closed doors <laughs> and behind the scenes. So how about you just shut up and follow the team and support them instead of having a bitch every time they lose a game or drop a ball? We're supporters, after all. <laughs> 
I thought Birdie was my favourite on this podcast, but PM, you've just turned into my favourite on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was a classic. Uh, no, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, signings take time, whether it be, um, you know, some, one thing changes. When was it when we got Jennings, 2016? You saw that centre uh, merry-go-round that happened. Copley went to the Roosters. Or wherever he went, I can't even remember. He went now. Roosters and then went, went to some... Titans pretty quickly after that. <laughs> that's that's yeah. right. But yeah, Copley went to the Roosters. We got Jennings. Um, Penrith got Hiku. So, you know, people were saying, oh, at the time, um, why didn't we sign Hiku? Why didn't we sign uh, Copley? And then, look, we come with Jennings, who, you know, unfortunately has dropped off a bit now. But at the time, it was the best signing. And last year, it was the much better signing than Copley and... Um, Peter Hicku, so yeah, you know, these things just take time, we just got to wait, um, obviously we are active in the in the player market with how many players we have off, we have to be, um, change of change personnel, I think would be good for, um, for BA to have his hands on some new players. Alright, let's just jump into some predictions, um, yeah, I, I, I can't see us getting up for this one, um, even though the Cowboys have been pretty awful this year. Uh, unless there's a, a, a 180 on last week's performance, uh, we're probably going to get smashed. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 you going to predict the score? <laughs> no, no prediction. Yeah, predict the score, Ham. Come uh, on. I just hope Reed, Reed gets in there and gets a couple of minutes and, and, and does a good job. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Um, uh, I'm, a, I'm a massive hypocrite, and people that know me in real life know that. I am a massive hypocrite, so I'm going to say Parramatta to win. Uh, despite everything <laughs> I've said, <laughs> I can't tip against them. I just can't do it. I don't think we'll win, but I can't. I can never tip against them. I'm just, even though I know if I tipped against them, I'd be winning every single competition, uh, tipping competition I'm in this season. But I haven't, and I'm middle middle of the table. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what are we? Gutherson's kicking. Um, we'll go f- 14 to 8. No, scratch that. 15 to 8. <laughs> we'll have um, Reed Mar- we'll, we'll be up 9-8, and Reed Marnie will duck over for his uh, try on debut right underneath the sticks. And PM to wrap it up. Jeez. Oh, pretty hard to make a prediction. Like I said earlier, I just want to see improved effort and attitude. Um, and uh, and honestly, and I've, a couple of times this season on the podcast, I've sat here while we're talking, going through stats of games, and was tipping against Para, and then convinced myself by the time it got to the end of the program that I was tipping Para. And tonight, I can't. The stats don't tell me that we're a chance at all, especially what I've seen the last couple of weeks and the improvement in the Cowboys probably in the last two or three games as well. I can't see us beating the Cowboys. I just hope we don't get smashed. And I hope that Reed Marnie gets you know, 35, 40 minutes and really shows what he's got. That's that's all you can hope for this week, to be honest. Para fans, don't go out there thinking we're going to win and don't go and lay your hard-earned cash on us at the tab. Save it. Just look for an improved and, performance and support the team. And Murata needs to get a few more minutes, I reckon. Yeah, he got more last week. He got over 30 last week, I think. So if he can... If we can work him up to, by the end of the season, he playing sort of 45, 50 minutes a game and then get another first, another full off-season in the main squad with him, he'll probably be up to a you know, a 50 to 60-minute forward next season, which is what we need. We need a couple more of those 
bench players who can play sort of 50 to 60 minutes, especially if we're still going to have Tim Matter there who sort of struggles to get more than about 30 minutes out of him nowadays. It's, it's usually 30, 30 good minutes, but then you've got to have somebody else to come off the bench to make up for that, the other 50 minutes of the game, and that's what that's what we need Murata for, so hopefully he can get more minutes as the season goes on this year. All right, so let's... Um that about wraps us up there. Plugs. Uh, I'll plug Bevan. Bevan Heaven one on Twitter. Uh, then 40. He's at the Cumberland Throw. Hopefully uh, we'll see an under-20s blog this weekend. Live blog. Um, but I, I haven't chatted with him, so I'm not quite sure yet. And then jumping on to you, Ham. Yeah, um, as always, on Twitter, at HamSandwich22. Um, didn't get any uh, random... I only got one this week. Random commenters on my post. So, obviously, people have been listening to the podcast um, that don't follow me, <laughs> or, or they've spread the message around, don't don't message him because he doesn't like it, or he, yeah. Oh, no, I got a couple. I do got it. No, I only got the one. I only got the one. It's all good. <laughs> um, things are well. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so, a bear, I haven't, again, I've just been terrible with music. Just uni's been taking over my life. But, um, Got the new Kanye yeah, album. I'm feeling new Kanye? Kanye. Oh, no, I don't like <laughs> I'm not, not a fan. Not a fan of Kanye. Um, we should start the Not a Fan of Kanye fan club. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be could, treasurer. I'll, I'll, I'll be president. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, the band I'm filling in for, Bolin. Um, I know we talked about going to the AGM on Thursday, the 21st of June, but that Bolin also have a gig on. So, you know, go down and have a vote and then come watch a good band. Um, we're playing at the Hideaway Bar, which I believe is in Newtown and Moore area. So there should be some good tunes. Is there actually a signage for the Hideaway Bar or is it really hidden so you can't find it? Um, well, I haven't found it yet, so... <laughs> PM. <laughs> yeah, you, catch, you can catch me on Twitter at Paramatters. You can also catch me on the local radio up here on 2NVR. You can see us on 2NVR.org.au. You can listen live on Sunday afternoons 5 till 7 on That's a Wrap sports program. We'll have plenty to talk about this weekend after State of Origin because one of our hosts is a Queenslander and he's been wearing his Queensland jersey to every program that I've been there so far this year. So we're looking to rub some rub some stuff in his face. Good luck, Tom. You'll need it. And you can also catch me at sportfirstnambucca.com.au. There's plenty of Eels gear on there. Not that you'd be pretty game to wear it after last week, but you can. And if you want to get on there and buy something, whether it's Eels gear, whether it's a pair of shoes, whatever you like, it's all on there. And you can use the discount code PARAPODCAST in the little checkout little bit down there. You'll get 10% off your order. And if your order's over 100 bucks. You can choose free shipping as well. All right, and you can catch us at Parapodcast uh, on Twitter and forward slash Parapodcast on Facebook, um, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on whatever um, other uh, podcast app you've got. Um, just a reminder, don't uh, drink and tweet, um, or otherwise you'll uh, you'll end up with some refs blaming, like I may have done on uh, Saturday night. <laughs> um, the, the Discord was full of it from Hamish, let me tell you. Yeah, well, uh, I had the coppers around me after that obstruction. Uh, not around me; they were just uh, down at the the entrance there. And uh, two, two of the, I, I was brought two of my Newcastle mates, and I brought them last year. So it was me that gave us the kiss of death by giving them um, memberships free free to get in. Um, and we we lost last year. We lost this year. So blame that one on me. Um, but yeah, I was just 
Yeah, I had a couple of home brews at home. Went over to the local uh, <laughs> uh, the local uh, Irish pub and had a couple of pints. Uh, won a couple of hundred bucks on the pokies and then uh, spent the rest of that money at the pub that night. <laughs> Mate, it sounds like um, you should have been refused service. I'm going to get onto the people and <laughs> let them know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we'll probably need a couple more beers to get through Saturday night, but uh, best of luck to the boys and um, hopefully you can enjoy the origin and enjoy your rugby league this weekend. Come on, the Blues. Go, the Blues. Go, Barra. Good on your parade, you brave and bold. You fight here to the blue.